I mean, it sounds corny, but my, I really do love the concept of marketing. And I feel like the term marketing and just advertising has such a bad reputation because it has all this like sleazy sales and like, you know, you're getting mattress ads that are like, you know, you're just getting, it's always like interrupting your day. Mm -hmm. And I truly believe that the best form of marketing and advertising is word of mouth marketing, right? And I feel like we're finally at the point with the technology that we have where we can turn real people into that marketing channel and reward them for it and essentially not make marketing a dirty word anymore. Something that like it's a win-win for both sides because you're actually finding products that fit your life and you're solving a problem for them. Welcome to How Women Inspire, where women lead, invest, and give. I'm your host, Julie Castro Abrams, founder and CEO of How Women Lead and managing partner of the venture firm How Women Invest, feminist, social justice warrior, mother, friend of 50,000 plus badass women, and an expert at helping top executive women get on boards and break down barriers for women entrepreneurs, investors, and social impact activists. In this podcast, we interview women influencers and leaders from across the globe who are in the C-suite, founding companies, investing, and agents of change. We'll share stories of how women lead. We'll provide insights and data, tips you can put into action, and get to know the women who have fiercely and unabashedly stepped into their power in leadership and opened doors for other women like you. We discuss topics ranging from the journey of getting a board seat, how we can counter cultural frameworks that change the way the world views women leaders, what we're doing to close the gender funding gap, and driving equity for women in all aspects of life and career. My goal is that after every episode, you walk away feeling inspired, unstoppable, ready to level up and step into your power and influence. I want to break down the cultural narratives that hold us back collectively and those messy messages you heard that are taking up way too much of your brain space. I want you to know you're invited in because I know that together we can change the culture, change opportunities, and create the future we want for our daughters and sisters and friends. This is our time. Are you in? Welcome. You're with How Women Inspire. My guest today is the founder and CEO of Statusphere. This is a platform that helps brands scale their micro-influencer marketing in a fraction of the time that they might have been able to do it before. So before creating this technology startup, she spent more than 10 years running influential campaigns for brands, but was also moonlighting as a creator herself. So today she's connecting those two and she is working tirelessly to find technology solutions to build the best creator and brand experience on the planet. And she's so very accomplished. She's, of course, raised venture funding to start this firm. And she's growing a team of 15 amazing, talented individuals. And she's building a platform that allows creators, frankly, everyday people like you and me, who have some great things to share that we, who we feel intimate with, She's making sure that those creators are connected to brands that we all love. They are posting 75,000 pieces of content for their favorite brands. Welcome 
Kristen Wiley. I'm so excited to spend time with you today. Awesome. I'm so excited to be here. So before we jump in, we all are sort of, I know everybody's like, so what is a creator? So I can't wait to make sure everybody knows what all of those words mean. But can we just talk about you and maybe even like, what is that song that you listen to on the good days or the tough days, like when you need to celebrate or get lifted up? What's your favorite? A song? Yeah. I feel like I get asked that a lot. What's funny is it's it's probably more of like a mantra than even than even a song that actually my volleyball coach used yeah. to, in high school used to give me. And that is that like growth only happens outside your comfort zone. So if you're not feeling uncomfortable, you're not growing. And that's what really gets me through those tough days because I'm like, I feel uncomfortable, but that's a good thing. I'm growing. So awesome. That's a great attitude. There's some days where I'm like, I don't want to grow anymore. <laughs> yeah. It's like, let's take a pause for a moment. But yeah, that's, that's what I'm waiting that growth because this hurts. Well, all out of that. But yeah. yeah. Fantastic. So you played volleyball. Where, how serious of a volleyball player were you? I wasn't, I didn't play in college. I played like more like fun mm-hmm. club in college, yeah. uh, stuff yeah. like that, but played through high school competitively and, and did that it's whole thing. So. Yeah. It's such an important thing for girls to build their strength and power as athletes. I always love it when I hear that somebody did sports as a kid. I I totally agree. You learn the best lessons, I feel like, in working as a team. And I just learned so much through that experience. So what is a micro-influencer content creator? What does that mean? Who might be a good example of that? Yeah. So at, at Statosphere and just me personally, um, we believe that anyone who can influence a buying decision is an influencer. And really what we built with Statosphere and what we're trying to enable is that anyone who can influence a buying decision can get rewarded for that. Now, I will say the term micro-influencer does get thrown around a lot and everyone has their different specifics with that. But for example, on our platform, our average influencer or also sometimes called creator, uh, those are interchangeable influencer creator, has about 8,000 followers. Um, But what we care a lot more than follower count is that engagement. So we actually aren't looking for followers when they come to us. We're looking for a specific engagement level of like reach that they're getting with their posts and just engagement overall. So that's like people basically, uh, give me an example of somebody who that might be. Are you talking about Brene Brown or are you talking about the cute guy that talks about keto (laughs) recipes? And in the beginning, it was all just like family recipes. And now he's showing me what to buy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, Definitely more more on the side of just people you know and are super relatable to you. Probably maybe yeah. even yourself, uh, all the way to friends, people listening to, to this podcast in general. I mean, just think about how much you probably influence buying decisions on on a regular basis. The story I like to tell, even when I was raising funding, was the example of, you know, if you're in a grocery store and there's like a million types of bread and you're like, how are there this many types of bread? And someone next to you is like, I had that bread last week and it was amazing. You don't even know that person and you're probably going to buy that bread because like, it's just that human to human interaction of influence. So that's what we're really looking for is like real relatable people. Yeah. And when you say brands, is it usually a consumer product like that? Or is there something else that we're talking about when we talk about brands? Brands. Yeah. So for our platform and specifically, we do focus on more CPG and beauty brands is where we've started. I do think there's influencers in every single vertical from B2B to B2C. But for us specifically at Statusphere, our focus is on that B2C range. So anything you'd find in a Whole Foods, a Target, Amazon, all the way to Ulta or Sephora, those are like the typical brands that we we work with the most. So did you come up with this idea of connecting brands to these influencers or who, you know, 
what is unique about Statosphere? Like what's you, you know, I get, I know you have been one, but tell me more about why you're, why did you figure something out that's interesting here? Yeah. So I went to school, I went to college for advertising and public relations. I always wanted to be in marketing. I've wanted to be a marketing since I was, since I was really little, like people were like, Oh, I want to be a doctor. I was like, I want to be a marketer, which is very strange. <laughs> so I've always wanted to be in marketing. So when, through high, high school, college. Um, in college, I did start a blog uh, just for fun. Um, I had a college professor say, you'll learn more about your industry of marketing by starting a blog than you will in any of your classes, which was one of the best pieces of advice that I ever got. Um, that night, I went home, started a blog. It was just a fun passion project of like baking baking and like crafting. It was just something that's something I enjoy doing. So started it completely for fun and then grew it to the point where I started getting brands reaching out to me to collaborate. And I started joining a bunch of networks as a blogger, as a creator at the time. So this is around like 2010, 11 time period. So this is when bloggers really ruled that <laughs> that sphere. So yeah, I definitely didn't come up with the concept of you know matching brands with creators. I kind of just fell into it. Uh, and then once I graduated, my first job out of college was actually working at a PR agency where they were like, wow, you're a blogger? Why don't you run our blogger program? So <laughs> they gave me a budget. I was super young and green and they gave me a budget and let me start managing the brand creator relationships just because there weren't that many people with a lot of experience at that time. So little did I know how great of an experience that would be and how much it would shape my future. But fast forward doing that for about you know seven years, that's really where the idea from Statusphere came from. So I started realizing like, wow, like I'm paying for all of these platforms as a brand on behalf of my agency. I had a budget. I was paying for these platforms and I just didn't really liked the way that they worked. Yeah. And I also didn't like how they worked for the creators because I was also on them as both, you know, a blogger or a creator and a brand. So this idea for Statusphere started forming over many years. <laughs> and then I finally, you know, took the jump to, to start my own company, which, like I said, was never like what I was setting out to do. I was just solving my own problem at the end of the day. You've heard me say it before. My goal is for you to run the world. And let me tell you why. It's not just because I think you're fabulous, badass, and you know that I do. It is actually protective for all of us. When you have diversity on a board, for example, product recalls happen three times faster. Companies perform better. It's better for people. It's better for profits. And it's better for the planet. We need you to join a corporate board. And we need you to know when to advocate for it in your day job. October 16th through the 20th, How Women Lead is hosting our extremely successful fourth annual Get On Board Week. This week is full of virtual programming, content rich, but also connecting, connecting, connecting. And we know 85% of all board searches, they're word of mouth and through connections. We want to connect you with private equity firms that are seeking board members. We want to connect you with other women board members who've already done it, who are being tagged and can't take all the board seats that are coming their way. We will have board opportunities that we will share with you. Really, truly, this is our way to connect and propel you. This is one week. But what happens is people connect with people on LinkedIn or they create mastermind groups that they support each other all year long. I want you to step up and be part of the solution. My daughter needs you on the board. 
But I also want to inspire you to think about all the women around you where you can be the person who inspires her and says, I see you on a board. I think you should be on a board. Check it out. Come and explore. Invite 10 friends. Tell them that you believe in them. It's the greatest gift you can give. Somebody did it for you. And I want to encourage you to do it for another woman. I look forward to seeing you at Get On Board Week so we can get thousands of women on boards. This year, our focus beyond the private boards that we've always focused on, we're adding the private board space. It's time. Thanks for your partnership. Send the letter back down and help another woman get into action. Well, but that's how a lot of the best stuff happens, of course, right? But you're really running a technology company. You're not just, so how did you even turn into a technologist, if you will? Like, tell me how that works. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I am a non-technical founder, which also I feel like is, is sometimes a little bit more, more rare, but yeah. So I tried all these different technology platforms that I was using as both a brand and a creator. So I knew what these platforms looked like and I knew what they were missing. So what I did is I actually kind of taught myself and rigged together the first version of the Statusphere platform, which as a non-technical founder was by far not a very pretty site. <laughs> um, but it, it, it clearly worked enough where I actually got paying customers. And I figured if customers will pay for this very inadequate to my what I felt was inadequate site, then I knew I had something. And then that's where I was able to get enough revenue, money and eventually funding to bring on technologists onto team and start building that out as well. Yeah. All right. So the inspiration for creating Statusphere would you say it's this this journey in college or sort of what is the inspiration and what specifically are you trying to solve for? Yeah. So I think, I mean, it sounds corny, but my I really do love the concept of marketing. And I feel like the term marketing and just advertising has such a bad reputation because it has all this like sleazy sales and like, you know, you're getting mattress ads that are like, you know, you're just getting, it's always like interrupting your day. Mm-hmm. And I truly believe that like, the best form of marketing and advertising is word of mouth marketing, right? And I feel like we're finally at the point with the technology that we have where we can turn real people into that marketing channel and reward them for it and essentially not make marketing a dirty word anymore. Something that like it's a win-win for both sides because you're actually finding products that fit your life and you're solving a problem for them. So that that's really what lights me up. Like I love marketing and sales because it's the best feeling in the world when you finally find a solution to someone's problem and then they're really excited about it. So that that's really what drives me at the end of the day. But like I said, I didn't set out to create a company, but I do think I had that entrepreneurial spirit from a young age. I had lots of little businesses growing up. So looking back, everyone's like, well, obviously you were going to start a company. I was like, I never thought that. They're like, but you had so many weird little companies growing up. Um, so I think that that was also what kind of probably gave me the confidence to go into it as well. So your your belief is that this is really solving a problem for people when it's done well. So what about um, working with your influencers? What about this is actually helping really solve problems for people, like whether it's product discovery or how they're thinking through it? What is the real benefit to me as a consumer? Yeah, so it's finding the products that like 
brands you love that you didn't even know existed that make your life better, right? And products in general. So every time like I see, we actually, we had a video for one of our brands go viral just the other week. And it's uh, it's like an eco-friendly alternative to using paper towels, right? And they worked with our platform to enable a bunch of TikTokers to post about them. And now there's all these people, you know, purchasing this product that they're like, I've, I've been so annoyed with having to buy paper towels. And now I have this eco-friendly alternative. And they're just like so excited about it. And they're getting all this organic from it. You know, it's a very positive experience for both the creator that's sharing that value and the person that that aha like oh my gosh this existed and i didn't know that it did but i want like it makes my life better that feels so hopeful and you started out by saying you know some people feel like it interrupts your day what do you what if you do you have an oracle about what's the future like what do you envision is going to change about how we make purchasing decisions in the future yeah my vision for Statusphere is creating a platform that allows you to shop from people that look and live like you do, not models or advertisements, right? Mm -hmm. So the big end goal is that like you aren't going and just getting pummeled with ads. You're actually going to your friends and like shopping from the things that they love and then they're getting rewarded from it. So like that's like the big vision is to create that type of community and that type of experience. Yeah, I love that. So if I have a if I have a company that I'm tr- and I'm trying to sell, I'm a, I'm a brand. How can I best use influencer marketing? Like how do how do I engage with the solution effectively? Yeah, so Statusphere is really for brands that found that influencer marketing is a great channel for them and they need to scale. So when I was on the brand side at the agency, my big pain point was that I could work with five or 10 creators because like it takes several hours, but once, you know, and, and I could manage five to 10. But as soon as you wanted to get to 20 to 50 to 100 and really scale that channel, it was impossible unless you hired an army of people. Um, our agency couldn't even offer brands packages because we just couldn't even deliver it. So that's where the idea for Statusphere came from. And that's why we really focus on that scaling piece. So whenever yeah. I talk with brands, I always tell them like, Try it out yourself, figure out what works for you. And then you can use a platform, you know, you can come to Statusphere and use our platform to help scale that up and get a lot more people with what you've learned from that over time. So that's really where we come in is for that scale. And then we can save your, you a ton of time as you scale and create that channel. Um, but like if you're a brand just starting out, that's my big advice is like testing it out. Um, also like building out your marketing team and your marketing channels in general and strategy. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, Influencer marketing is only part of a a full mix. You got to have your branding right, your messaging right, all those other pieces as well. I mean, I think about this kind of like as net promoter almost, right? Many of us know a net promoter score, right? Or the word of mouth, the idea of word of mouth, like, will somebody else promote this on on your behalf? Do you feel like that starts to become a flywheel and it happens on its own after a while? It's some small investments in the micro influencers starts to get the ball rolling. Yeah, it's definitely a snowball effect. I compare it a lot to the old days and it's still true, but with SEO. So content marketing, like if if you remember, you create blogs, you create content, you start ranking in the social search engine and then like it, it snowballs, right? You can't just create one blog and be like, Oh, well, that didn't work. You have to be creating like tons of content consistently, right? The same thing is true with influencer marketing. It's, it's definitely a long-term strategy and it should be an evergreen campaign that you're always running, right? Mm-hmm. Because it brings you so much value from like the fact the social proof alone, to your point, does, does a brand even exist if no one's posting about it? That's, that's <laughs> like the, the question I ask. And I think a lot of people ask, especially millennial and definitely Gen Z. If, if you go and search a brand and there's no, people posting about it, you're going to think twice about ordering that brand, right? Because you're like, is this 
some weird drop shipping thing is that, you know, you want to see real people using the product. So just that alone is like a huge value, not to mention the exposure and other pieces too. So if anybody listening to this is a potentially a micro influencer and they haven't yet started monetizing it, what is the next step for them? Yeah. So I think with the creators that we work with, it's it's people who it's normally their passion project that they, you know, it's their fun outlet. Their, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, it's exactly. It's your fun outlet. And just know that you have influence. So you you should find some platforms that would be able to reward you for that influence. So joining a platform like joining Statusphere, we match you. So you create a profile and then we find cool brands that we think would be a great fit for you. And then you opt into the ones that, that you want to work with. So we try to make it a really great experience. That's actually... Simple. Yeah, that's that's actually the big difference I feel between our platform and others in the space is we're very creator first. We want to make sure there's no downsides. If you're a creator, you join our platform, there's only upsides. And that's like a big mantra of us is like only upside for the creator. So we try to make it as simple as possible for the creators with that. But at the end of the day too, just like staying authentic to yourself, that's how you build that following. And that's how you build that influence, you know, only posting about things you truly believe in. Excellent. Wonderful. Well, it it sounds like it's a win-win for everybody on both sides of this equation. What would be your advice that you would share with other other founders about your journey? It's a lot of pieces to pull together to do what you're doing. Yeah, I definitely think run, running a company is one of the most, I think, challenging things you, you can pick to do, but in a very rewarding way. So it's like every time you think that you got it or you've gotten this and then it levels up and it's like a whole new game every single time. And I personally love learning. So I guess I picked a good space for that because I'm always learning something new, right? When I thought I've learned it all or seen it all, you learn something new as as you grow. So I think the biggest thing that's allowed me to get this far is, and I tell other founders is like, just don't give up. Honestly, like there's highs, there's lows. And I think one of the things that when you're in, I feel like I get trapped in is when I'm in like a high, I'm like, oh God, things are too good. Like when's it, (laughs) when's something going to happen? But I feel like on the flip side, when things aren't going great, you don't always are like, oh, that means something good's going to happen. So I try to like keep that mindset so that at least when things aren't going as well, you have some positiveness to pull you back out. So how do you keep that optimistic and positive. Do you have your own hobbies and things that you're doing outside of work that give you perspective? Yeah, for my personal outlet is working out. I notice if I don't if I don't work out, I start it's not not good for me or the, probably the people around me. So, that's been like my biggest outlet that that I do and I need to do consistently for my own mental health. And then I also have had a rule where when I go to bed, I try not to work right before bed because then I don't sleep. And when I don't sleep, I don't perform the best that I can. So I also, that's like a big thing that I've implemented in the last few years that I think has been very, very beneficial for me is I shower before bed. And if I shower, I will not open my laptop or I won't sleep that night. (laughs) So uh, so I've been doing those. Those are my two biggest outlets. Yeah. Fantastic. And, you know, you are now managing a pretty significant sized team. When you think about your own leadership, are there any sort of characteristics you would say that define your leadership? Yeah, I feel like it's looking back at how much my leadership style has evolved is something that I, I don't do enough. I have I have an executive coach and she she's been helping me do that recently and just, I guess, honor how far that I've come because it really is so different at every level. So we yeah. are right around the, the 50 employee mark. And I will say that at like from z- zero to 10, there was like 
it's like you're you're in there with your team. You're doing everything. You're doing all the stuff you love. You're you're seeing things move really quickly. And I think the one thing that I didn't really anticipate or think about in becoming a CEO of a fast growing startup is that you're not necessarily always going to be doing the things that are your favorite. You're typically doing all the things that nobody else can or wants to do. So I think that's something you have to accept. But then I think on the side, the the next piece of that is the once like we got past like 25 team members, the mm-hmm. other big break was like realizing that you really have to let go of control if you want to scale. Like you cannot be the bottleneck. And that's been my yeah. biggest from 25 to 50. That's been my biggest task and goal of just being self-aware of when I am the bottleneck and letting my team members. It's like you hired them because you trust them. Let them do their thing and don't get yeah. in their way. Because if yeah. you get in their way, it just it, it messes up the whole process and the scalability piece of it. Yeah. Boy, you have really done something very special and courageous, frankly, at a, at a pretty darn young age. Do you have any other words of advice for somebody who wants to start up a company to think about how how to, how to do it right? Any Anything you wish you would have known even? <laughs> I think it's actually better to know less. <laughs> and just go for it. There it um, there's no, there's also like no right time. You'll figure it out as you go. And as, as long as you understand that the whole fail, fail quickly, as long as you're learning from it, like yeah. it's not, it's not yeah. a failure. Failure is not yeah. a bad thing. Just do it. If anything, like I wish I would have just started earlier. It took me two years to even get the courage up to, to finally start the business. I had the domain name and everything. And I was like, just scared to start. And then I finally, I saw actually another female founder pitching at an event and like, I was like, wow, she can do it. I can do it. And I was like, if any, if I can be that for anyone else, I'm telling you, if I can do it, anybody can do it. So just, just go for it. You won't regret it. Well, you know, in so many ways, you're just exposing yourself so much when you're an entrepreneur, when you're the founder of your own company. And it, it takes a lot of courage and consistent effort to do that. So I think you are just hitting on something so exciting and important that's going to be a whole whole new way that we all live and work and purchase, right? And I'm, I'm so glad that you're at the helm. So thank you, Kristen, for being with us today. It's been wonderful to hear more about you and your approach, but also Statusphere uh, and, the, and, and for all of us to really have a peek into what does it look like going forward? So thank you very much. And for everyone who has uh, joined us today, how can they find you? Yeah, I'm most active on LinkedIn. So you can find me Kristen Wiley. It's Kristen with an E-N and then W-I-L-E-Y on LinkedIn. Um, feel free to connect with me too. I love connecting with people. So just say you, you heard me on the podcast. I, I always love connecting with other also female founders, entrepreneurs just in general. And that's where I'm, that's probably the easiest. And then to learn more about Statusphere, go to joinstatus.com. Excellent. Excellent. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful day, everyone. And with that, I want to thank you all for listening to today's episode of How Women Inspire. And because your inspiration should not stop when this podcast ends, head over to our website, howwomenlead.com. Follow us on LinkedIn at How Women Lead and subscribe or follow on your favorite podcast app to find out how you can proactively take charge and step into your power through our workshops and activism in our loving network. We want to propel you. See you next time, ladies. And remember to be unabashedly visible.